We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. Chris Biederman covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. will be joining me, as always, uh, guest today as we continue our run of guests leading up to the NFL draft. Kevin Clark, who covers the NFL for the Ringer. He's the host of the Ringer NFL show podcast. He also hosts Slow News Day, uh, the awesome interview video series, uh, that the Ringer puts out. Uh, he's also a golfer and we ask him a golf question. So, uh, enjoy that discussion about the, about the 49ers draft pick, how they got to that pick. And some of the difficulties of this year's NFL draft for front offices. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. All right, Kevin Clark is here, and Kevin, I'm just going to out the gate. Uh, Kevin Clark from The Ringer. He covers the NFL at The Ringer. I should do all that stuff. Uh, I'll do that in the thing before, but uh, Kevin Clark is here. Uh, Kevin, you hated the 49ers trade. Why? Great question. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, real softball at the top. Um, okay, so I get I get the 49ers trade. I know you're joking about why, you know, about hating it and all that, but right. I get it. Um, I thought the most salient explanation was Albert Brewer had right after the trade that what the 49ers wanted was control over a chaotic process, right? And there's going to be five quarterbacks to go off the board in the top 10 or whatever, 
and they wanted to be in control of the third pick because they knew that you know you know what pick one and two are. And you know, listen, Trent Balky said today that 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 some folks called the Jaguars and and asked for the first overall pick, and they're going to stand pat or whatever. Um, but really, uh, that is the beginning of the draft because we know what one and two are. So I understand that. I think that investing three first round picks. And, you know, Niners fans got a little bit mad at me when I went through a thought exercise and I said, you know, if you just called around the league and said, hey, what can I get for three first round picks? I think you might be a little surprised as far as the quarterback you might be able to get, right? If you just sent that email around. Um, but that's a different discussion, right? Um, and so I think investing three first round picks in a quarterback in this draft who is not Trevor Lawrence, I think is is maybe not the value play. If you think all your your questions are going to be answered by drafting Mac Jones or Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I understand it. But my thing is, if you're going to trade three first-round picks for anything in this league, uh, I don't want a lot of question marks. And I kind of feel like they've got that in this process. Okay, so I'm curious then, because I feel like some of that might come from the idea that that a lot of people think they're going to draft Mac Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And and I've said it um, on this podcast repeatedly. I still maintain it's going to be Trey Lance, who uh, Rich Heisen actually said a little birdie told him on his show today that he he's heard it's going to be Trey Lance too, which is interesting because it's the first mm-hmm. sort of uh, national media person who who's actually heard a whisper about that. But I, I, given Trey Lance's upside and given what his skill set represents in the league and, and how you could sort of project it, particularly in the context of the other star quarterbacks that have, you know, the big arm, the, ath- yeah. the big athletic guys, how would taking Trey Lance change that perception for you in terms of making that investment with three first round picks? So I, I, I want to separate those two questions because I think Trey Lance is probably I think he has the highest upside of, of those that group of quarterbacks if we're just going to take Fields, Lance and Mac Jones as as a group of quarterbacks he has the highest upside. Um he'd probably be my pick quite frankly. But is that worth three first round picks? I don't know. I don't know. Um it depends on your scouting process. You know, we had Thomas Dimitrov on the Ring Around NFL show on Wednesday. He was really really interesting. And he basically said, sorry, like, it's a big deal. He's played one game in, in the last um, 15 months or whatever it is. It's a really big deal. And he feels he would draft him if, you know, obviously the situation was right. And, you know, by the way, he likes Trey Lance at four because you think, and let me extend this to the Niners here, because Dimitrov's point is you take Trey Lance and you let him develop under Matt Ryan for two years. Well, if the plan, guys – is to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. Maybe the Trey Lance plan makes sense in that in that regard, right? Um, so there could be something there. Um, I just think that the fact that again, Trey Lance played one game last year. Um, there's just less information. You know, Dan, Daniel Jeremiah came on my podcast a couple months ago and he called this the first baseball draft in football, right? And there's going to be elite prospects, but we just have less information than ever, and there's just more guessing. And again, I understand the path. And I also think, and and this is something that I want to make clear to 49ers fans, 49ers media, all that stuff. I think Kyle Shanahan is such a good coach that whoever they pick, it's going to end up looking like a good trade. Like that's the kind of the funny part of it is when, 
when in five years when we look back on this trade, we're going to go, oh, you know what? That wasn't actually that much of an overpay because Kyle Shanahan made it work. But I, I actually think that they could have traded to a lower pick. I think they could have done any number of things um, and made it work with Kyle Shanahan because I think Kyle Shanahan's amazing. But at the same time, if they've identified a quarterback that they think they can uh, have a, I'm going to say have a Mahomes-like impact, but that is to say, sure. um, you know, not going to be Mahomes, but it's going to put them in the Super Bowl conversation every year. Is that, especially for a team that, I mean, they have a good roster in place. They figure to be in the uh, playoff conversation this year. They're probably not going to be in a spot anytime soon where they're going to be able to trade up to draft a quarterback. So it feels that's because I kind of felt the same way. Three first round picks is a lot for, for anybody, uh, especially if you're going to get Mac Jones, because like you said, the Vikings probably would have taken 12 for Kirk Cousins. But I, I just, <laughs> I just, I feel like if you're going to make that kind of swing, this is the time to, to do it given where they are uh, roster wise. And the fact they have a starter that can, can step in, uh, for 21, while that, that rookie, um, what's the word? Uh, marinates? I'm, so, I'm sorry? You broke uh, up a Marinates? While the rookie marinates? Develops. Develops, Develops is a good word. Develops yeah. is a way better word than marinates. <laughs> I'm hungry. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I get that. Let me, let me understand this real quick because I, I, I just want to know where I'm coming from. Who do you guys think is the pick at three? I, I don't mean who do you want the pick at three. I mean who do you think is going to be the pick at three? I think it's going to be Trey Lance. Okay. I'm easily swayed on these things, and I talk to Chris a lot. So I also think it's going to be Trey Lance. <laughs> Interesting. I I would tend to agree only because it doesn't make – the whole thing doesn't make much sense to me if, if it's Mac Jones. and But the other right. part of it is it has a – maybe I'm wrong here. I remember Peter King coming out and writing that, that John Dorsey loves Josh Allen, but it wasn't like the, Josh with the number one pick that ended up being Baker Mayfield, right? Just for context. But I don't remember Chris Sims, Adam Schefter saying he wouldn't be surprised and kind of hinting that, that he's, he's learned this. Mike Lombardi, people who are plugged in at all levels of the league. I don't remember everyone being wrong in mass like that. Am I am I misremembering a, a pick or anything like that? No, I, I think that sounds oh, right. Which is which is why a, a reason why this is so odd. But yes, that that that, that 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 that's to me why this is the maybe the weirdest situation I can remember. Is it doesn't make sense. But on the other hand, all these people being wrong doesn't normally happen this time of year. Yeah. So I, I go back and and. You know, thinking about the narratives and the messaging being put out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, you know, the Niners have been, as you know, pretty, like, all their big moves have been pretty close to the vest, right? Like, yeah. there hasn't been a whole lot of anticipation beforehand. So for me, the, when the 49ers make the trade and then you immediately hear about Mac Jones, the first thing I thought of, well, it's gotta be anybody but Mac Jones. Right. And, and the reason why I was, I was thinking about it that way was just because it's too obvious, just knowing the history of the team and, and how they don't let secrets out like that. And at that point when they made the trade, the Jets were still, you know, that, that was when the Jets still had Sam Darnold. And I know people in the league who believe that Sam Darnold was good enough and, and, you know, thought that maybe the Jets hold on to him and then trade out. And so if if the entire world knows the 49ers want to take Mac Jones, then it would bear to reason that, 
you know, they, they're putting that out there purposefully so they don't get jumped for one of their guys. And then you hear, you know, these reports of, at least from Schefter, I thought, you know, Schefter sounded pretty certain. And then that trade happened and it seemed like Schefter took his foot off the accelerator a little bit saying that if I had to guess, it would be Mac Jones. And so, you know, it, it's just, it would be fascinating. I think that the fallout of, of all that and the messaging would be, would be unique because like we said, I don't, I don't remember anything like this before when it came to smoke screening and messaging and whatever's happening here. I also don't remember everybody being so sure of what the, the third overall pick is. Like that's the other part that's kind of funny about it. <laughs> right. Great point. Like I, I, I never, I don't know the last time we've known one through three like this and there's been a, a confidence. Oh, we all know what's going on. Number three. And part of that is just because of how strange the trade was. But again, this is, I am trying to keep as much, um, I don't know, the Socratic wisdom, humility, whatever you want to call it about this, because I don't, there's no situation like this. Like in the way to, to be a smart football observer or fan or whatever is to say, like, okay, I've seen a million of these and this is probably what's going to happen. Right. I don't remember anything like this with, with where, where a bunch of people said, Hey, here's what's going to actually happen. It didn't make much sense. There were, there's less information than ever um, on, on the draft. The fact that Mac Jones hasn't even started that many games probably gets glossed over a little bit. Um, and then I also think what's funny, guys, is that whenever I keep thinking about how Mac Jones makes any sense, you know, I, when I had Dimitrov on today, I said, you know, what's a what's a Kyle Shanahan quarterback? And he was obviously his GM when, in Atlanta when he's offensive coordinator. And he's like, you know, he really he doesn't tolerate mistakes. He wants fast processing. He wants knowledge, all that stuff. Uh, I, I I I'm sorry, like I, I don't know how that favors Mac Jones over over anybody else in that grouping. Um I don't I don't quite frankly know enough unless you sit on the whiteboard with those guys like um like scouts tend to do. Um you would learn the processing. But I think that if you're just watching the tape, you know, Benjamin Selak had that really good piece a couple of days ago about how good um Fields was at reading the field and all that stuff and, and Trey Lance can obviously um do it well. So I don't I, I, whenever people make an argument about why it's Mac Jones is a quote unquote Kyle Shanahan quarterback, they, they kind of lose me a little bit. Maybe he is. Um, but I just think that early in the process, uh, it, it's hard to make any real proclamations on who or who isn't or is a Kyle Shanahan quarterback. Because by the way, let's tie this all together. Everybody's a Kyle Shanahan quarterback because he can make anybody good. Exactly. That's, that's why I lean Lance because it's such a, it's such an upside play. It's but just... I know. It's so hard. It's so hard for me to believe that a guy who loses to Russell Wilson with regularity, lost the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes, got his ass kicked by Josh Allen, uh, has seen Kyler Murray torch a, a really good defense a couple of times, and then goes and talks about how he wants the biggest, fastest, strongest quarterback, and he lands on Mac Jones when the other guys are on the board. I just I can't I can't connect those dots. Can I ask you guys uh, a question? Yes. No, we're asking the questions here. <laughs> uh, no, I, this is important because I'm picking up a vibe here. What okay. percentage of your show over the past month has been you, whether it's you two or a guest, just saying, it can't really be Mac Jones, can it? 106. <laughs> 106%. Well, so because if got... I was a Niners fan, if I was a Niners fan, that's – listen, I think Mac Jones can be fine under – certainly more than sure. fine under Kyle Shanahan. But I, if I was a Niners fan or media – I would just be kind of staring at a wall and trying to figure this out. 
It's yeah, been three and, weeks. And the funny thing about it is we've had – now, we had Peter King on last week and Mike Sando on this week. Yeah. And they're echoing like, yeah, well, it's – you know, Kyle Shanahan's very specific in what he wants. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. And, like, both of them said that. And it's – and a lot of it's just based on chatter in the league. And I just – you know, you you run in way more league circles than I do. Like, how how can chatter sort of like catch fire like this, right? Because I, I mean, maybe it is Mac Jones, and if it's Mac Jones, then then all of the conversation would make sense. But what do you think is happening if it's not Mac Jones? How do you think we got to this point where the entire league is talking about it like it is? So that. The rumors can start in any number of ways. Um, the first one, the most obvious one, is that there's a leak or kind of, you know, what I would say is a gray area is, like, it's a leak, but it's to other people in football, you know? Like, you have, we all work in media, right? And sometimes you'll just hear things in media. It's like, oh, this person's going to this place, and it won't become official, official for six months where everybody knows about it, right? Like, the, it's that kind of leak where it's like, oh, okay, we, we had two beers, now I'm going to tell you who we're going to draft. There, there's that. <laughs> and, and, and then and then there's the other thing, which I've actually heard about, which is, like, almost, like, assumed institutional knowledge. Like, I... I'm going to be real careful on this one. Um, I heard, I'm just trying to make sure that, that everybody, everybody can be anonymous in the story, but I, I had heard from someone who works for a team that um, this is the 2019 draft, I think. Um, and they're the GM's going through the big board and, or their board. And they said, okay, well this team is, is taking blank. And all the scouts look at each other and they're like, how, how do you know that? And he's like, just don't worry about it. This team is taking blank. And no one knows how it happened, but like, and then all of a sudden that becomes a thing and that turned out to be correct. And I don't think it's, you know, corporate espionage or anything. I just think it's, there's some times where maybe, and listen, I'm not saying this is happening with the Niners at all, but I am saying sometimes, which in general with these leaks, sometimes GMs just tell each other, um, you know, maybe sometimes they're working out, they were thinking about working out a trade and they said, Hey, right. And this actually happens a lot where, uh, or not a lot, but I, I've heard about it where, Hey, who are you going to take here? I'm going to take blank. All right. Well, if, if, if he doesn't, if he's not there, I'll trade with you, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's kind of how those real, I'm, what I'm, I'm talking about real rumors where like things are actually true. And then sometimes it just smoke screens. Sometimes it just lies and subterfuge and, and it's, it's not real and it's just teams trying to put stuff out there. We've heard that before too. But as far as how actual picks leak, it's usually one of those, those first kind of two things. Yeah, I, I find the leaking part of it interesting because I've talked to somebody in the building and they basically said like, yeah, people in the scouting department and coaching staff don't even know. So to me, it's like, all right, that's that's how you that's how you keep actual leaks out because right. I mean, it's it's like anything. I mean, it's like I remember, I remember somebody saying this when I covered the NBA uh, when I was really young, like twenty three or twenty four, and they were like, dude, if you ask a player right now, it was like April. They were like, everybody in the league knows exactly what teams all the free agents are signing for, right? Like in the same way, again, like we talk about media, right? But it's like. They all, you know, you get the back channel stuff and like so-and-so be like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm actually moving to Dallas this year. Or, I'm, you know, hey, I'm going to Miami. I'll, you know, hook me up with your uh, restaurant recs or whatever. Like they talk about that because it's industry trade secrets. And I'm not saying that scouts, I, 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 I sometimes scouts, you know, have a similar thing where they say, hey, what do you think about blank? We, we really like them. And sometimes they're lying and sometimes they're not. I'm just saying I think that that sort of scouting community, there's just a lot of information that gets traded. 
Kevin, last thing before we get you out of here. I started you with a with a fastball, and I want to end on a fastball. Uh, how was Beth Page Black? Yeah, so um, <laughs> do you guys both play? Yes. yes. Okay, so <clears throat> I, I piped a drive on the first hole. I don't know, two, 250, feeling amazing. It's downhill, so it's not incredible to go 250, but it was pretty nice. So but it goes right to the edge of the uh, the fairway and then goes under the rough. I'm feeling amazing. I'm just jacked. And I have uh, 78 yards, kind of a dog leg right. Sorry for the non-golfers here. I'm going to bore you for a second. My promise is going somewhere. <laughs> I'm enthralled. To, to the green. Okay, 78 yards. So I'm like, all right, I know the rough is tough here, so I'm going to club up. And just do a little, do a little half swing and just get on to the green, right? Use my 125 yard club. So I, I hit it. It goes maybe five feet, maybe five (laughs) feet. And then I'm like, all right, bad contact back, you know, back to the grind. So I, I stand over the ball, hit it again. It maybe goes three feet. Okay. And I'm like, Oh my God, you cannot hit from the rough here. The grass is so thick. You can't hit a golf shot. Like it's not possible. And so what I learned quickly is like the only thing you can do if you don't hit it on the fairway is just beg for mercy from the rough and just use a wedge and just pop it back out into the fairway. Maybe people with better swing speed or, or whatever than, than I am, but I'm pretty average, um, can, can hit normal shots. But like if you're not on the fairway, there is not a shot that you will have that has anything in common with the shot you've ever had in your entire life. It is brutal. I mean, I had some nice holes and I had some nice drives on the day, but like I, I probably only had maybe three holes where I was like, I'm I'm proud of the way I played here. Um, it is a I really want to play it again because n- understanding how to play it is such a big part of it. Um, but I, I had an amazing time. It just kicked my butt. Yeah, I had something similar happen. I played Harding Park uh, last yeah. year after the um, after the PGA Championship was there, and it was still kind of like the rough was still pretty brutal, and it was still in in tour conditions or whatever. I played a, like a 10 to a 15, depending on the day. Yeah. And I shot a 96 because I had two holes where it was exactly like you're talking about, just hitting it in the rough and then having to take three strokes just to get it out of the rough. It was uh, it was not a fun experience. I can't believe those guys are as good as they are. It, it's really mesmerizing. I, it's uh, just it's really incredible to see. I mean, the, it, 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 to see. I watched, but the night before I watched kind of, they have the shot by shot stuff on YouTube where you can watch like Brooks Kepka's round, Tiger Woods' round at Beth Page, and to see them kind of just ease it out of the rough and then knowing how hard it was, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. You guys ever, uh, played Davis Muni? <laughs> <laughs> no, no the col- the, the college list. course up in Davis? No? Okay, that's fine. Uh, well, Kevin, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Um, we will talk to you soon and uh, hopefully uh, enjoy the draft and all of that. And uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, yeah, are you, you're in the East Coast now? Does that mean I'm in, is, I, I'm in New York? I just looked okay. up Davis Muni. It's 18 bucks to play, Kyle. Yeah, man. I was thir- <laughs> plus a cart. I was out of there for thirty nine dollars. Oh my god! You got to get a push cart. You don't want to be paying. You don't want to be paying for carts. I've got a I've got a hip that's thing. A but yeah, expense. that's my oh. once I once I work through that, I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna start walking. I got a push cart. It's a, the the carts. I, I'm living in Long Island now. The carts right here are twenty five bucks a pop. Come on, man. Wow. Come on. <laughs> Ringer, Ringer NFL show, uh, Slow News Day, which is the best thing on the internet. Avid golfer, and he covers the NFL at the Ringer. Uh, Kevin Clark, thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Anytime. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. All right, we're back. That was, I, I, I think that the idea of front offices just kind of going not not going into this blind because there was enough of a college season last year but with a lot of prospects just kind of not having the normal access to information is going to make this year really interesting from a draft standpoint like we thought last year was going to be a strange draft but this year with the way last football season went the last college football season plus uh, no combine and no personal uh in-person workouts I'm fascinated to see how this all goes down and how how uh, close mock drafts and analysts are on who's going where. Yeah, it's interesting because I think the combine serves. Obviously, it's it's a hub, right? It's an it's an NFL hub for the entire draft process, and we haven't had it, so I think we're playing sort of a different version of telephone, and that that might be what's causing this the the belief around the league that seems so steadfast in Mac Jones. And look, maybe it is Mac Jones. Sure. But if it's not, it's going to be really fascinating to sort of unpack, like, why was everybody so certain? How did we get here? Like, were the Niners just spreading all sorts of information? Or did they just let something slip very early on to indicate it's Mac Jones and, and that just, like, spread like wildfire? And everybody assumed it, like... You know, I I'm fascinated to unpack all of that if it ends up not being Mac Jones, um, because as Kevin said, like there's there aren't too many scenarios in draft history where it's like we know who's going one, two, and three. You know, like weeks and and even a month before the draft when the 49ers right. made that trade, like so that's that to me is is going to be a fascinating part of all of it. I don't know what else we could possibly say about the quarterback stuff that hasn't already been said Here, here's, <laughs> on, on here's, this pod here's but, one thing two, two things that that have stuck out is the continued um is the continued use of the caveat 
from Peter King to Peter Schrager to Ian Rappaport to Adam Schefter. While everybody's saying, you know, Mac Jones, they all do it with the caveat of like, well, the Niners aren't telling anyone who the pick is. And that juxtaposed against the certainty that it's Mac Jones is fascinating to me. Not even from, because I agree with Kevin, whoever the 49ers take is probably going to wind up being the best, best pick. Uh, whether it's Mac Jones, Justin Fields, or whomever. So yep. that's what I'm really interested by. And you just hit on it is like unpacking once the pick is in, whether it is Justin Fields, why, why was there, uh, such adamant Justin Fields isn't going to the 49ers chatter. And if it's Trey Lance, why did it take so long for him to get into the conversation? And if it's Mac Jones, as you just laid out, how did it get out so early? Right. It's fascinating. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely going to be fascinating. I was interested to hear uh, Daniel Jeremiah on his conference call today. And by the way, Daniel Jeremiah is, is just a monster. Like he just sits on these conference calls for like two hours People all over the country ask him random questions about teams and prospects, and he's just like rattling off information like crazy. Like he is, he is that dude when it comes, or one of the dudes when it comes to when it comes to the draft. But he made a good point. Uh, he was asked a question by our good buddy Eric Branch, and Branch basically asked like, "Wouldn't this be sort of the most arrogant pick ever if Kyle Shanahan was like?" Um, you know, all that matters is, is my system and I just need somebody to operate my system and that's worth three first round picks. And basically what Jeremiah said was that, you know, like the, the most interesting part about it was Jeremiah saying, you can't really fault Shanahan if that's his thinking because his offense is so far ahead of everybody else right now. And it's easily the best in the league. And it's the reason why you see so many coaches get hired off of the Shanahan tree and why that, you know, offense is, is spreading around the league. And he was like, he gets, he gets people more open than anybody. And I was like, man, if he gets people more open than anybody, like, why is accuracy the thing that, that's so important, right? Like, why is, I mean, I get why accuracy is important just on a general level, but it's like, if he's so good at getting people open, it would stand to reason that he doesn't necessarily need the most pinpoint accurate quarterback, which a lot of people think Mac Jones is. Um, mm -hmm. so that part of it was fascinating. And then later he said, he's like, look, basically like, and talking about how Aaron Rodgers, who has an elite skill set, obviously elite physical tools. When he was inserted to the Shanahan offense, he took his game to a completely other level. Right. So like the, these athletic strong armed quarterbacks who can throw on the run can hit another level in Shanahan's offense on top of like the, the running aspect, right. Of you know, being able to incorpor incorporate quarterback runs into your offense and what that can mean for Shanahan. Um, what Jeremiah said that, that ended his answer, which is really fascinating. He's like, look with a good quarterback and elite play caller, you could win a super bowl with an elite quarterback and an elite play caller. You could have a dynasty and, it makes a ton of sense, and I think you and I have been alluding to that this whole, this entire time in pushing back on the idea that it's Mac Jones just because everybody in the NFL is saying they think it's going to be Mac Jones, and I just think Kyle Shanahan's more aggressive than that. I think he's he's the guy that wants to be one of the greatest coaches in the league, and I think he understands that he needs a star quarterback, quarterback to do that, and so like... Kyle Shanahan wants a dynasty. He wants to win multiple Super Bowls with the 49ers. He wants to be, 
in that Bill Walsh conversation. And he, and mm-hmm. I just have a hard time believing he's going to get there with Mac Jones, who, by the way, is Daniel Jeremiah's 32nd ranked prospect on his big board. And Daniel Jeremiah is still mocking him to the 49ers just because there is so much chat around the league. Like, it's just, it's, it's wild. Like, this is, it's grown, it's been this buildup, and, like, it's entirely unprecedented, right? Like, th- just thinking back about the draft, like, th- with three quarterbacks going, going with the first three picks on top of everybody thinking they know which quarterbacks, you know, it's, it's just a crazy situation, and I'm still struggling to wrap my mind around it. I've run out of things to say. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, I'm with you. I, I, I'm a- Dude, I never shut up, and I'm just like, I don't know what else to say anymore. I yeah. we're, we're a week out by the time this drops, and I, I have things to say about each player if they pick them, but we've said everything like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's a new bit of, uh, sound out though from rich eisen on the rich eisen show and chris i'm gonna let you do this because it is confirming what you have had out for a couple weeks that you a few weeks i'm gonna give you a few weeks that you think is trey lance yeah i mean i don't want to just just mentioned that Rich Eisen said he heard from somebody in the know that it's going to be Trey Lance just because I you know like that does just confirm it, my confirmation bias right, which is right that's why we're doing it okay. we're not here um, to be objective right okay so but <laughs> but it's notable and I think I mentioned it in the interview with Kevin it's notable because we haven't heard a national guy come out and say anybody other than Mac Jones right and I mean that that's the thing I keep coming back to is is just the idea that the entire league knows what the 49ers are going to do. And I will always push back on the idea that, oh, well, they didn't have any reason to hide. What's the, what's the reason to, you know, to hide who you're picking at three? It's like, you just don't want to be the team that's known for leaking information. And that's easy to, that's easy to forecast. So like if the 49ers go through this whole process and end up with one of the quarterbacks not named Mac Jones, then the entire league is going to like look around and be like what were we doing? <laughs> like what what is what is wrong with the way we processed this information and disseminated it to everybody else that you know like why didn't we see this coming? Like why didn't we see that you know a mid first round pick suddenly jumps up to the front of the line because the 49ers made a trade when really like no Kyle Shanahan wants his version of John Elway, not not Kirk Cousins. Um so yeah, I I just you know, the Eisen thing is interesting because I don't know who his sources are, but it, it's fascinating that a guy who hosts the show for, who hosts the draft on the league's network is suddenly being like, yeah, I heard something. Cause like, you know, like people like that, when they, when they're willing to go on national radio and say they actually heard something, something from, from somebody reputable, like a source that they trust. Right. Like that's a way of putting your credibility out there. Right. And, and the difference with me is like, I haven't said I've heard it's going to be Trey Lance. I just am following the tea leaves and base my guess purely on, on what I know, what I think I know about Kyle Shanahan and everything he said about the position and all that. 
Um, so, but this is some, this is somebody saying that he heard it from a high ranking source that it could be Trey Lance. And to me, it, it made the most sense because it's like they make the trade a month out and all of a sudden the entire league knows that it's Mac Jones. And it's like, man, that's just not how the draft works. It right. just isn't like, it, it's not like it's everybody talks about silly season. Like it's weird to me because so many people are like, the draft is such an interesting hot button topic right now. But you don't hear anybody talking about the bullshit season that is the few weeks leading up to the draft, right? Like, you're hearing, well, like, it's a that, lot of quarterback <laughs> talk, but people aren't like, well, you never know because it's a draft. It's like so many people are talking with certainty about this stuff. And I'm like, man, the history of the draft says that nobody knows anything. That's that's what's so funny about all of this is the the mantra around draft season is it's smokescreen season right. don't believe anything you hear and because the 49ers and nobody has said the 49ers are saying this i heard from a source with the 49ers who said this it's yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's everybody based on what we know it's this based on what we know like all right so what's the, why is this year different? Why is this pick different? Right. I don't even, I'm not even sold on, on, I, I don't want to, I'm. Is this your Kyle Pitts take? The, yeah, they <laughs> traded up for Kyle Pitts. No. Um, I was going to say I'm not even sold on Trevor Lawrence going one, but I am. Trevor Lawrence is going first. But after that, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not. The Zach Wilson of the Jets thing, like, it's probably going to happen. But man, it I'm not I'm not putting it in concrete yet. <laughs> you know, I'm not writing that one with down with Sharpie. Yeah, but I mean I'll use a like erasable marker. <laughs> <laughs> or so, a pencil with an eraser. Dry a dry that's going on the old dry erase board. No, so like I said, I've we're gonna do more podcasts and I'll I'm sure we'll answer questions. Um, but man, I've run out of thoughts and comments. Let's keep it fresh for the next pod and let's do some, a little bit of homework. I'm going to pose a question. And then by the time we record the next podcast, we will come up with our own answers to the question. Hell yeah. What happens if the Jets do not take Zach Wilson? Are the 49ers, are the 49ers just going to jump at Zach Wilson and take him? Or do they have conviction on who on any of the other guys that the the Jets do not take? Like if the the because them taking Justin Fields would not be crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would not be crazy. It would be kind of crazy if it was Trey Lance, but at the same time, if they know the Niners love Trey Lance that much, like it's the same offense, <laughs> you know. So they're running the same offense as the 49ers. So if Trey Lance is a good pick for the 49ers, then Trey Lance could easily be a, a good pick for the Jets. Yeah. Um so let's let's, talk, let's let's marinate on that until the next pod uh just to give us something new to talk about because it's it's unlikely, it's very unlikely, but the draft can be weird and Zach Wilson not going to the Jets to me wouldn't be the craziest scenario possible. So I think we should prepare for that. Dynamite. Let's do that. That's a good tease. <laughs> um, yeah, go back and, and check out our uh, – I, I talked to Mike Sando uh, earlier this week. Um, 
obviously super plugged in guy. Uh, we had a locker room earlier in the week where we, where we expounded on this quarterback conversation. Um, I thought Eric Crocker and, and Rob Louder and Tracy Sandler, uh, offered up some really, really good stuff with that. And so we're going to keep trying to plug, put out as many, uh, episodes as we can. So, um, We'll, we'll work on getting more guests, but in, in the meantime, we're going to ponder the, the scenario where the Jets pass on Zach Wilson and what the 49ers would do. I love it. Let's All right, guys. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. The A's have won 11 in a row. Go A's.